0: 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, he's proud to bring you The Rick Chamberlain Show, presented by Bud Light, live from Milano's Pizza, Subs, and Taps. Creating delicious memories since 1969 on Brown Street near the University of Dayton campus. The Rick Chamberlain Show is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. Premier Health is proud to be the official healthcare provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com/sportsmed. Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for authentic Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. And by University of Dayton Athletics, combining student athletes and fans of championship caliber. Now, here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin, and University of Dayton football coach, Rick Chamberlain.
1: Hey, welcome again to another edition of the Rick Chamberlain Show. Welcome to Milano's on Brown Street. The Dayton Flyers uh, coming off a 53-20 win over Valparaiso in Pioneer Football League action at home and heading to San Diego this week. A lot to talk about on the Rick Chamberlain Show. Obviously about a big win on Saturday. A look towards a game coming up this Saturday and a chance to visit with uh, two key members of the state and football team, a couple of tackles, defensive tackle Isaac Sexton and uh, left offensive tackle Justin Carum. So a big show tonight. We're glad you could join us here on the home of the Flyers as coach uh, game on Saturday, which has scored 53 points. Even giving up the 20 points to Valparaiso may have been a little bit deceiving because I think maybe defensively, as well as offensively and special teams might have been your most complete game.
2: it was Larry and uh, that's what we were, had been preaching ever since last week against Maris is that uh, we just hadn't been hitting on all cylinders there and uh, we'd play good in spurts but no uh, extended plays all four quarters in each of those areas that you mentioned. And uh, after watching the film, I felt like we did that against Valparaiso. A team coming in that I thought uh, was really going to be a challenge. I really did. I thought their defense was much improved and, and their offense was always good there. But when you get on them right away, you get, to get the ball back on a turnover on the second play of the game and your offense takes it in and scores a few plays later. That gets the juices going for your team.
1: Everything that we talked about a week ago – uh, we could just flip the flip the, the coin. Uh, we talked about a week ago that, that Jack Cook, maybe for the first time in his very young collegiate career, was off just a tad. I don't know that he could have been sharper well, on Saturday.
2: It, it, uh, Jack was our uh, offensive player of the week. I think he graded out 94%. I think he completed his first 12 passes in a row and ended up something like 19 of 22.
1: 19 of 22, yeah.
2: And uh, then plus he ran a couple of times when he when he needed to. He was in control. I really thought so. When I watched Jack out there, I thought he really was in rhythm with everything uh, and, and very comf- comfortable what he was doing and, and seeing the field. He made some passes, Larry. Uh, that one touchdown uh, to Butts there on the cover two on their sideline, uh, that was a, a perfect throw, and that's why we ended up with a touchdown.
1: Yeah, Jack finishing, like you said, 19-22, 292 yards, two touchdowns, never sacked, no interceptions. So, uh, darn near, a, a pretty close to a perfect game from him. And, obviously, uh, he had a lot of great uh, supporting cast around him. Richie Warfield continues to yeah. be a touchdown maker. He had three touchdowns. And defensively, I you know – I just thought it was just a solid performance, not real flashy, not brilliant, but solid.
2: It, it was Larry and that's what we talked about after watching the film, you know, we grade our players and we have defensive points for different things that you do. It was not that one individual that stood out. I mean, it wasn't like, gosh, had 15 tackles and interception tackles behind the line. It was just that each person did a little bit or. They didn't do anything uh, spectacular, but they did their job, which allowed other people to make plays. That's what we really were encouraged by after watching the film is how it was a total defensive team effort and uh, really executed well.
1: I want to get back to something you mentioned early on. Very first series, you get a turnover. Dante Stefanini (laughs) was supposed to not play. I mean, he was a very questionable as if he yeah. would even play with a bad hamstring. And some, how did he end up as a defensive end in coverage? In coverage. What
2: it was, we were running one of our zone blitzes. We were at, Andrew Luchens was blitzing off his side. And in our defensive scheme, the defensive end away from Andrew drops in coverage. And it's the whole idea of giving the illusion that he's rushing and then he'll stop and then back out of there. And sure enough, he backed out, and they were trying to hit a a play over the middle, uh, um, uh, under route by one of their wide receivers, and the quarterback never saw him because Dante got back just as he released the ball, and Dante made a pretty good catch on it. I mean, it wasn't one that he snagged out of the air. It hits him in the hand, goes up a little bit, and he snags it again before he's brought to the ground there. And so, very exciting for Dante, defensive end getting an interception, but really set the tone for the game for the Dayton Flyers. I really thought that really got everybody going. We were into it mentally, emotionally to start with. Uh, but to get a play like that right off the bat, it really uh, got the team going.
1: Now, Dayton Flyers rolled to a 53-20 to win over Valparaiso, and uh, two key members of this uh, Dayton Flyer team, part of that. Uh, a pair of tackles on the defensive side and the offensive side. Isaac Sexton, a, uh, a senior out of uh, Finley, and also we've got redshirt sophomore Justin Caram out of Louisville. And, and Isaac, uh, you've been down this road before. You've not your first appearance on the Rick Chamberlain Show, but... For, again, the sake of the fans, tell us about your background and what brought you to the University of Dayton.
3: Yeah, so I'm originally from uh, Findlay, Ohio, and I knew kind of right out of high school that I wanted to study chemical engineering and also uh, play football in college. And, you know, you just got around and there's a lot of places that have both, but they don't always have really good uh, school and really good football. Uh, so coming out, I knew I wanted to do chemical engineering, and uh, I came here, I, I met the coaches, met, met everybody around and really the family atmosphere of the program really drew me here.
1: All right, Justin, uh, your first time on the show. Tell us about your background and what brought you to UD.
4: Yeah, um, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Went to Trinity High School. Um, for those that don't know, it's a winning program. And Dayton actually came along pretty late in my recruiting. Um, and I came up here on a visit and it just felt like home. Like Isaac said, good school and good football. And wanted to come somewhere where the
1: winning was important. Yeah. Louisville has been good to the University of Dayton and hopefully vice versa we've had guys come up from Trinity uh, guys come up from Xavier how do the uh, how do the uh, Trinity Xavier guys uh, bury the bury the hatchet once you come to Dayton and you both become flyers um,
4: it's fun it's just poking back and forth at each other no bad blood or anything but
1: whenever they play every year it's always. Oh, yeah, San X is going to lose this year. (laughs) All right, we're going to learn a lot more about these guys as we move forward here in the program tonight, as well as uh, more on the win over Valparaiso, as well as the look ahead towards a, a, a difficult week, just logistically. And then you throw an opponent in on top of that, Dayton taking on San Diego here coming up on Saturday. That's all coming up, the Rick Chamberlain Show. We are live at Milano's on Brown Street.
0: The Rick Chamberlain Show, live from Milano's on Brown Street, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
5: Now the three big things you need to know. The top stories we're following this hour. A body found wrapped in plastic along Arlington Road in Clay Township. Hurricane Michael expected to gain strength as it steams toward the Florida Panhandle and the body recovered in Eastwood Metro Park this morning identified as a 64-year-old Kettering man. You're never more than 15 minutes from Dayton's top stories. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News.
1: Premier Health is proud to be the official healthcare provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com sportsmed. Premier Health, taking care to a higher level. Did you know that in Dayton
0: there is a financial and strategic advisory firm that provides both advice and execution for their clients? It's true, and they're in their second decade of serving the Miami Valley. They are MLA Companies, and you can find out more about them at mlacompanies.com or by calling 937-222-3622. Make sure to ask about their trademark value implementation process. MLA Companies, financial wisdom, transformative action, Advisors.
1: This is Larry Hanskin. The House of Bread feeds hungry people serving a free, hot, healthy meal 365 days a year, providing not only nourishment, but a welcoming and respectful environment for all guests. It doesn't solve all the problems confronting our community, but that one day, that one meal may make the difference in someone's life. You can be a part of that mission by donating money, food, personal items, or your time. To find out how you can get involved, go online to houseofbread.org.
6: Now we are seeing these storms moving a little bit towards the eastern portion of the Miami Valley right now. We
1: own the Miami Valley's
0: only live Doppler radar. That means we know minutes before any other station when a tornado or severe storm is approaching your neighborhood. Technology is great, but add that to our live team of meteorologists and you have the most accurate forecast designed to keep your family safe. Get Storm Center 7 updates around the clock here on AM 12. 1290 and news 957 WHIO.
6: A couple of pop-up showers should dissipate as we lose the heating of the day this evening. We'll go partly cloudy through the night down to 68. Partly cloudy, warm and muggy again tomorrow. Hive 85. I'm Chief Meteorologist here, Rick Elwell on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station. AM 1290 and News 957
0: WHIO. The Rick Chamberlain Show, live from Milano's Atlantic City subs on Brown Street. AM 1290 and News 95.7 W.H.I.O. Here's Larry Hanskin.
1: Hey, welcome back here to Milano's. Great place to come uh, any night. Uh, Great place to come after a Flyer home game on a Saturday. Great place to come on a Monday night, obviously, for the Rick Chamberlain Show. Folks getting ready to watch a little Monday night football as well. And um, the Dayton Flyers are uh, just barely past the midway point of the season. Uh, Game number six was on uh, Saturday. As the Flyers even up their record at uh, three and three overall, go to t- go to two and one in the Pioneer Football League with a fifty-three to twenty win over Valparaiso, and now travel out to San Diego this week to take on the preseason favorites in the PFL, the San Diego Toreros. You know, going into the game Saturday, you and I talked a lot last week, Coach, and and right before the game about the fact that, you know, you didn't really boiled down things to a lot of X's and O's in regards to what it was going to take to win. You felt like Saturday was going to be all about effort and focus and toughness. Did you get what you hoped you'd get?
2: We did, Larry. Uh, And that's what I was talking about earlier when I was saying we came out uh, very emotional and not a bad way. Just really, I thought, very confident and and, uh, ready to play and wanted to play physical, play physical football. And uh, it showed in that we had five Hammer nominees this week, the most we've had all season. And so I thought we really accomplished what we were trying to achieve there on the game. Because, again, it was something the players, they saw on film and we talked about throughout the week air, and they really rose to the occasion there and, and played the type of game that we've always felt like we can play. Offensively and defensively.
1: Was was Andrew Luchen's one of the hammer nominees? He's the one who ran, won it. Okay, because yes. he put a hit on a guy that it was. The, the thing about it is, it, it was textbook oh, tackling: chest to chest, head up, arms wrapped, no leading with the head. I mean, nope. it was. It, they should send it to the NFL <laughs> and say this is what tackling is supposed to look like.
2: It was, it, and I know the, that's the hit that he got his okay. hammer hit award on. And uh, it was a counter play, and actually, because of their formation, Andrew was playing free safety at that time. Because in the, our coverage in that particular incident, he would be back in the middle of the field, so he had a good downhill course. He was about ten yards away when the play started, and he could tell exactly where the guy was going. And as you said, it was textbook perfect in in his contact and his leg drive, everything. So. Uh, That was, that was a good one.
1: Dayton, it was Dayton football alumni weekend, Mm -hmm. including uh, your former teammates from the uh, 1978 class who came back and you had said right here at this radio show last week that you hope that your former teammates and all the former Flyers would look at this group of Flyers and say, okay, I like what you guys are doing. Did you get that kind of effort?
2: We did and I heard it from the alumni. Uh, I really did. I had a chance to talk with some after the game and they were just saying uh, how much they enjoyed the game and how well our players played and how physical they were and hard hitting and and, uh, they were juiced up. They, They felt like they wanted to be back in uniform and be out on the football field just by watching this team perform on Saturday. Got two
1: current members of the Flyers, uh, defensive tackle Isaac Sexton and also offensive tackle Justin Karaman. Isaac, I I get the, I'm on the email mailing list in the summer and I I thought you had a very powerful email to your fellow teammates this summer about in preparation for this season when you know, when Friday night you had guys back from years before. That connectivity does that does that fuel your fire at all about when you were around guys who had been Dayton Flyers not just years ago, but decades ago?
3: Yeah, the, the guys that uh, came back and they came to our team function the night before the game, and they've, they've been gone for about 40 years, right? Uh, and they get, they get a chance to talk to us uh, during that team function, and all, all they could talk about was stories from when they played. And some of these guys were having a hard time walking, some, some old football injuries with knee replacements and stuff like that. But seeing those guys just saying they, they wouldn't do anything different, right? They, they loved playing for the University of Dayton, kind of just added to a little bit to the fire for, for what we played on Saturday. You know, Justin, you said, you, you know, Dayton came in kind of late in your
1: recruiting process, so they weren't necessarily, you know, the program, the history, that wasn't really on your radar. But now you've got a couple of years under your belt. Uh, what, what, what was that like on Friday and then being able to go out and perform on Saturday?
4: It was really cool just to be a part of the tradition, and like Isaac said, seeing all those guys talk about they wouldn't change a thing And they're limping with the cane because of knee replacements. It's it's cool to be a part of that, and I'm really happy
1: that I made the decision to come here. Now, hopefully you guys are not going to be down that road some
2: Right, and the guy they're talking about was an offensive tackle for okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, he actually tore his ACL the summer before that season and uh, didn't get to play. But uh, he, he said he just enjoyed every moment and wouldn't trade it like they were saying there. And uh, it, great talks. I, I tell you, I think there was about 12 of them there. And each one of them spoke. And, and I couldn't be uh, happier in what they conveyed to the team and how, what they passed along to the team great comments from them
1: and, and fear not justin and isaac modern medicine has progressed <laughs> a lot <laughs> that uh, since uh, since those guys played and and your futures are going to look i know they're going to look uh, uh, different from them when it comes to as a, as a standpoint physically now hopefully you'll have those great memories that that they all had mm-hmm. let, let's talk let, let's talk with you guys a little bit about uh, about saturday and, and and let's be honest uh, you were coming off a game when someone hit you in the mouth you hit you in the mouth, and maybe you didn't respond real well. Um, Justin, when you came out this game against Falpo, did you want to establish something physically early on?
4: Definitely. You know, uh, against Marist and Davidson, we struggled to move the ball in the first quarter, both of those games. So, as an offense, we just wanted to come out punch them in the mouth, and it definitely helped with Dante's interception, getting the momentum on our side and then just rolling with that.
1: I know Coach King uh, I, is a little different in his coaching of you guys in that uh, he'll just basically say, hey, if you guys got to make adjustments, figure it out. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, do. Do you like that, that uh, that a little bit of autonomy within a system where, as a unit, you guys can figure things out without having a coach – be a dictator.
4: Yeah, it's it's a trust thing with all of us. I think all of us have been playing with each other enough to know what we need to do, how we need to adjust, and you know, we're the ones out there, so it's easier for us to see what's going on. Coach King's calling the plays. He can't always see what the D-line's doing or if the linebackers are blitzing or slanting or whatever, so yeah, I do like it because it, it's a trust and a little bit of a responsibility. Like, you know, you want to Figure out how to beat these guys on your own, and with the four other guys next to you.
1: Isaac, uh, you've got a new position coach uh, this year up there, and and with the you got you got Coach Chamberlain working with you, but you also got Andy Arakriga coming in, new to the staff. Um, What differences? What how how different is it at the on the defensive
3: line this year for you guys with that that new new coaching? Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't talk highly enough about uh, Coach Rock. He, he always brings the juice every day, and he, he's a guy who he, he's got the accolades to kind of back up what he's talking about, too. He's a guy who was invited to NFL camps and stuff like that, played, played at the University of Miami in college, and uh, yeah, he just brings the juice every day and is and really taught a lot to the defensive line, um, and just makes us really want to play for him this 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 year you guys
1: more than i mean last year let's be honest the shortcoming of your group as a unit was not really getting to the quarterback be it sacks or even pressure
3: sometimes do you feel like you've made some strides this year oh yeah definitely i think i think part of it is just our effort this year is, is a whole lot better um just guys being relentless in pursuit of the quarterback um and Coach Rock's obviously helped a lot in, in, in us using our hands a lot better and, and in some of our uh, routes in our, in our past stunts and stuff like that. But but definitely I think we, we've made a lot of strides as a, as a defensive line. Coach Chamberlain, your head has been bobbing yeah. continuously
1: as, as, <laughs> as, as Isaac was talking about uh, their improvement. How dramatic has it been?
2: It, it, it has been, Larry. As you said, in a game – You're lucky if you can get a sack two, three times. I mean, that's a good game if you can get three sacks in a game. It's all those other times. Are you disrupting the quarterback's timing? Are you in his face? Are you flashing hands in his face? Just getting them out of sync there. And I thought that's what we've really improved on. And it all points back to Coach Rock. Uh, I tell you, what an addition for us. Just to have a guy who's played the position, been successful at that position, to pass that knowledge on to these guys, uh, he's been the difference. He really has. And uh, we are so fortunate, and we're seeing the results from his coaching.
1: You've got a couple guys on your staff that have played the game at, at, at a very high level. You, you, uh, Coach Irocri, uh, with what he did at Miami, and, of course, we mentioned Coach King yep. at Northwestern, and then the NFL, Coach Fillmore, so who was a, a, you know, a teammate, uh, of Coach King at Northwestern, and, and uh, I think he got a cup of coffee in in pro football as yeah. well. I mean, what what does that bring to the table when it comes to working with your your young guys?
2: Well, I, I think it's it's what Isaac had mentioned earlier about Coach Rocker. It brings credit to them. I mean, they've been in uh, big time programs, pros, college, whatever, and been successful at that position. So they must know something about that position. And the great thing about them, they're they're really good teachers. You could be an outstanding football player, but if you don't have that skill to teach, which is what coaching is, it doesn't mean anything. But we're very fortunate to have guys like King, Fillmore, Rockery, who was very successful at their positions. They know what it takes to be good at those positions, but they're able to really, transfer that over to their players and communicate it to their players so that they can do the same thing on the field.
1: There's also a guy who was on that 1978 uh, playoff team who does a little bit of that as well uh <laughs> that's coach chamberlain in case you guys weren't paying attention uh, we're going to be talking more about uh a little bit about uh, last week against valpo a lot more about next week against san diego and a whole lot more about isaac sexton and justin Carum. that's all coming up as we continue the rick chamberlain show we are live at milano's on brown street
0: Rick Chamberlain Show, live from Milano's on Brown Street, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it.
5: It's 730. I'm Dave Daniels. Here are the three big things you need to know this hour. Hurricane Michael expected to gain strength as it steams toward the Florida Panhandle. A body is found wrapped in plastic along Arlington Road in Clay Township. And the body recovered in Eastwood Metro Park this morning is identified as a
6: 64-year-old Kettering man. I'm Chief Meteorologist Eric Elwell. Another warm and muggy night just when we'll see some changes. My forecast coming up.
5: Now, WHIO triple team traffic. Miami Valley Freeway is clear right now. If you're headed southbound on 675 from 70 to 35, that 13-mile drive is going to take you about 12 minutes. Our top story takes us to Florida, where Governor Rick Scott says FEMA is on the ground there now, preparing to assist with recovery efforts for the
0: approaching Hurricane Michael. I've spoken with uh, the FEMA director twice today and Grace Cech, who runs uh, the Southeast uh, once today. This includes experts from Homeland Security, the EPA, the Department of Defense, Health and Human Services, and the Army Corps of Engineers.
5: Governor Scott says President Trump tells him he will provide all the federal assistance Florida may need. Staying in Florida, we go to Orlando. President Trump today pledges his support to law enforcement at a meeting of police chiefs. We
1: understand that reducing crime begins
2: with respecting law enforcement. For too many years, we have watched politicians escalate political attacks on our courageous
6: police officers.
5: The president also calling the crime spree in Chicago a terrible blight and says, quote, there's no reason for what's going on there, unquote. Now to Clay Township, where employees of a local nursery make a grisly discovery this afternoon, a dead body.
6: The discovery happened shortly after noon today. Deputies say it was a worker with Brown's Nursery that found the body wrapped in some items. Dispatch logs indicate plastic was among those things.
5: WHIO's Sean Cudahy, no ID has been made of that body as of
0: yet. With local news every 15 minutes, this is WHIO Continuing News.
5: We have now learned the identity of the victim who reportedly drowned in Eastwood Metro Park last night. The body of 64-year-old Stephen Smith of Kettering recovered this morning around 1030. The body said to have been found in an area of rapids there. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7
6: Chief Meteorologist Eric Elwell. A quiet evening in the forecast. A couple of pop-up showers we've had earlier, those should dissipate as we head into the night with skies becoming mostly clear, 68 in the morning. Back up to 85, unseasonably warm tomorrow under partly cloudy skies. Changes begin Wednesday with increasing clouds and a chance for some storms toward evening, a high near 80. Falling temperatures after morning rain Thursday with an early high of 66. Falling into the 50s on our way down to 42 by Friday morning and highs only in the middle 50s with some sunshine. Saturday's forecast after starting in the upper 30s, I have only 59 with mostly sunny skies. I'm Chief Meteorologist Eric Elwell at the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290, at News 95.7 WHIO.
5: Latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar, clear of precipitation right now. 79 degrees in Piqua, 81 degrees in Springfield, and 81 in Dayton at 7:34. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO, continuing
1: news. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Are you ready to be your best today? I know I am, thanks to my pillow. You see, my pillow helps me sleep better than ever and a great night's sleep well that's the key to a great day and my pillow delivers for me day after day, night after night. It's been like that for over three years now, and I know, I know it can do the same for you. So take advantage of a great offer from MyPillow and start sleeping better than ever yourself. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the buy one, get one free special, use the promo code WHIO, and you buy one, you get one free. So you and someone you love will start sleeping better than ever, and you'll be the best possible you you can be. If you'd like to call, you can do that, one 800 1481 ask for the buy one get one free special again use that promo code whio you've got nothing to lose every my pillow comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee but i'm not worried about that because i know for a fact you're going to love my pillow
4: the
0: rick chamberlain show live from milano's atlantic city subs on brown street am 1290 and news 95.7 whio here's larry
1: hanskin and welcome back to Milano's, and welcome back to the Rick Chamberlain Show. Dayton Flyers uh, are now 2-1 in the Pioneer Football League, getting ready to head to San Diego this week, coming off a 53-20 win over Valparaiso. And uh, Coach Chamberlain with us as well as defensive tackle Isaac Sexton and offensive tackle Justin Karam. Uh, Flyers with that big win on uh, Saturday, and we failed to mention until rather late in the program that uh, our guest last week Kyle Butts was named the Pioneer Football League Special Teams Player of the Week uh, as he had uh, two punt returns for 55 yards. One of them was a 51-yarder for a touchdown. (laughs) And he also was back there on kick returns. And I I, I thought it was interesting that uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Bailey Gessinger was the PFL's preseason special teams, uh, the return specialist. Return specialist preseason pick all conference and he had a nice game he does a nice mm-hmm. job but there again Kyle Butts has really asserted himself oh. not just as a good player on the state football team but uh, in FCS but in the PFL and in FCS football
2: he is and, and the great thing about Kyle uh, Larry is that the decisions he makes he really tracks the ball well on this punt return and he's getting to balls and taking balls that sometimes guys don't try to get to, or they let it hit. And whenever time it hits, it could end up being 15 yards more just on the bounce. But he is so quick reacting to where the ball is, and it all comes back to his baseball skills. If you remember yeah, we last talked about week, that. Yeah. talked about that where his tracking of the ball is so good in his timing. I don't know if you noticed the one, it was kicked towards their sideline. Yes, yes. And it was bouncing. And he just kind of was standing there, and then all of a sudden he swooped in and got five yards, but, hey, five, five yards, yards closer to the goal
1: line there. So
2: that's what makes him so special. And then he reads blocks
1: so well. Well, congratulations to Kyle on the job he did as the uh, Dayton Flyers get that win over Valparaiso, 53-20. to 20. And uh, you know what, uh, don't want to bring up last year, but last year was a miserable day in northern Indiana and uh, a, a bitter defeat. Isaac Sexton, was any of that in the back of your mind when you were playing Valpo this week? Uh,
3: it, w- it was definitely in my mind the entire week leading up to it. Um, during during uh, fall camp, our, our kind of defensive mindset was fourth and goal, and every presentation that Coach Fox had, the, the title slide was that last play of the game where they scored on a two-point conversion. So we kind of got that reminder throughout camp. And it just kind of was aching at the back of your mind and just kind of really wanted you to get out there and play on Saturday. You know, you guys, you know, Justin, it it was in some
1: cases a statement game. And I I don't know if it was because you were coming off a disappointing game or because of Valparaiso last year, but whatever the case was, you put it to them. Was there a little extra fire in the belly this week? There was uh,
4: last year. They really took it to us. And if you watch the film, they just beat us flat out. And this year we wanted to prove that we're a different team and prove what we can do
1: when everyone's executing like they can. You know, Coach Chamberlain, uh, Coach Zucchini, he's done a wonderful job there. Uh, Amazing job, and and rightfully he was the coach of the year in the league last year. They're off to a tough start, and, and, you know, Saturday's game didn't Didn't help their cause any, but uh, do you still see that program moving in the right direction?
2: It's moving in the right direction. A a big factor for them Saturday, Larry, was with Seawalt, their starter from last year, who was one of the best in the conference, had that shoulder surgery, and we didn't know how much he would play. He's been playing, Uh, he he and the other quarterback. uh, He just didn't play much against us, and I don't know if he was hurting or what it was. And and I think that hampered their offense. But I thought uh, our, our offense took it to their defense, who I thought was a very good defense coming in. That's the biggest improvement I've seen in the Valparaiso program has been the improvement in their defensive personnel, not just in schemes and everything, but the physical play of their defense. And so for our offense to move the ball like they did against that defense, that was a big plus for us.
1: You and I talked before the game, as we always do, and, and, and you, you boiled it down to, to two things uh, that Dayton would need to do to be successful, and that was convert on third down, offensively, get off the field on third down, defensively. I think maybe the numbers are gonna answer my question uh, because uh, you Dayton was seven of 13 converting third down offensively, whereas Valpo was just three out of 10. You met your goal.
2: We met our goal, and, and we had to. We just had to because, from their offensive standpoint, uh, they keep moving the ball. They're going to score. I mean, they got they have some big play players on that team, and then for us, for our offense to move the ball, to keep it out of their hands. That was the other side of that, keeping it away from their offense. And and that's what we did. You see time possession, we were way ahead of them. And and it came down to converting on third down and also on on a key fourth down play there in which Richie ended up scoring a touchdown there in the second half.
1: One blemish, a big play. You did give up a big play, but is that just something that some, you just gotta say, okay, you beat
2: us. right? Right, there's plays like that in the game. Now, you don't want too many of those, because they can, uh, of course, cost you a game. But what really gets to a a coach is your defense out there, and that offense just drives and drives and drives, 12-play drives, 15-play drives. That gets demoralizing. All at once, they hit you for a big play, okay. Well, let's regroup, see what caused that. But if all at once a, a team is in charge offensively, like our team was, our team was in charge, it's very tough to overcome that as a
1: defense. Let's talk a little bit about third down. We got uh, not from a coaching standpoint, but uh, literally in the trenches. And and uh, Justin Carum as an offensive tackle, third down, a, a chance to stay on the field and a chance to converge. Um do you guys take pride as a unit in being able to, to make those plays?
4: Yeah, we do, especially when it comes to third and short. Um, that's a big pride statement for us. If it's third and one, third and two, we definitely want to be able to get that, no question. And third down really starts on first down. One of our offensive goals is we track our first down percentage of four yards or more. Because when you get four yards on first down and then more yards on second down, create shorter third downs. And just makes it easier play
3: calling and executing
1: Isaac, third down, you want to get off the field
3: yeah, uh, the big thing with that is that every every third down that you allow as a defense you're playing about four or five more plays on average per game, um, so that it, it kind of leads to keeping guys fresh and being able to play faster and harder as a defense and that, that that's really kind of the key metric for that, speaking of which though
1: you have been able to play some guys. Up front, there uh, sometimes eight, sometimes even more. Um, what has that done for you
3: personally, keeping you fresh? Yeah, that, that's always big. You got to be able to rotate, rotate, rotate guys, especially at the f- defensive line position, where it's a lot of physical play. Uh, so, that, like once once you get to those later weeks, later in the season, that your body's not so beat up. Uh, and the addition of a lot of guys, a lot, a lot of uh, underclassmen stepping up and playing the position well, has really helped us out this year. I want to get back to, to Justin Karam on the
1: offensive side of the ball and, and, and the offense that, that, that Dayton runs, uh, you guys don't really show pass or run blocking. I mean, your, your blocking scheme looks pretty much the same. But when you're, you break that huddle and you know it's a run call versus a pass call, what kind of gives you a little extra juice?
4: Nothing really gives me extra juice, just wanted to be the guy across from me. And okay. Especially seeing Tucker run past me for okay, a twenty so yard touchdown. Well you've answered
1: my question. Yeah. You you'd like a run. You yeah. like run run, yeah. run it up, run it you know, run left, let me knock some guy oh, down, yeah. let Tucker run past me. That's a, you're okay. That's great doing that. That, That's absolutely fine. We're going to learn more, a lot more about uh, both Justin and, and and Isaac Sexton uh, off the football field as well. And we are going to take a look at San Diego because that's the next game. That's what we do. Rick Chamberlain Show. We are live at Milano's here on Brown Street.
0: Chamberlain Show live from Alano's on Brown Street, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
5: Now the three big things you need to know: the top stories we're following this hour. The body of a man who reportedly drowned in Eastwood Metro Park last night is identified. Some workers at a local plant nursery make a gruesome discovery, and President Trump tells a convention of top cops that his administration will always support law and order. You're never more than 15 minutes from Dayton's top stories. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News.
0: Maytag and Logan Master Appliance will help you stand up to messes with a Maytag brand kitchen suite that's engineered to resist fingerprints so stainless steel keeps looking stainless. The easy to clean, fingerprint resistant stainless steel finish keeps your kitchen looking as good on the outside as it works on the inside. See store for full details and qualified models. Logan Master Appliance. When service matters, call the masters.
3: Noise, and the Ad Council.
0: Hello, it is I, Thine King. Today, I speaketh on behalf of Bud Light and the most sacred of traditions, the tailgate. In my days as a collegiate liege, I hosted the very first tailgate in Yon Woods. We didn't have coolers or sports. We were basically just in the woods. But we had Bud Light, so a tailgate it was. Anyway, I invite you to continue my legacy and enjoy Bud Light courtesy of me at your tailgate. Also courtesy of me. Dilly
6: dilly. Enjoy responsibly by Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. A couple of pop up showers should dissipate as we lose the heating of the day this evening. We'll go partly cloudy through the night, down to 68. Partly cloudy, warm and muggy again tomorrow, a high of 85. I'm Chief Meteorologist here, Rick Elwell, on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290, at
0: news 957 WHIO. The Rick Chamberlain Show, live from Milano's Atlantic City Subs on Brown Street. AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Here's Larry
1: Hansgen. Hey, welcome back to Milano's, the home of the Rick Chamberlain Show on the home of the Flyers. Every Monday night, 7 8, we talk a little Dayton Flyer football as the Flyers, now 2 and 1 in the Pioneer Football League, are on the road this Saturday at San Diego. San Diego, the preseason pick to win the PFL with the Dayton Flyers second. And much like uh, Dayton football doesn't change a lot year to year to year, San Diego football. Is it uh, – or the Toreros pretty much the type of team we have seen in the last, well, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years?
2: Most definitely, Larry. I mean, they they have a system that they believe in, and this is what they're going to stick with as far as the kind of people they need to recruit and to run their offense, to run their defense. And uh, Dale Lindsay, he runs a tight ship, and uh, they're going to be very disciplined, very athletic, and um, they just uh, – they wear you down. That's what they do. They just keep coming at you, keep coming at you offensively, defensively. And um, they get to a point there where all at once
1: it's hard to keep up with them. I think when people that that follow the Pioneer Football League and follow Dayton football, when they look at San Diego, they, they sometimes they don't see beyond the fact that they usually have a quarterback that's going to be In contention for being, uh, you know, an all-team performer, usually have a really good running back, usually have a phenomenal receiver. But is San Diego, year in, year out, one of the better teams in the trenches and special teams, including their specialists, kickers and punters?
2: They are. Uh, And, and Larry, it's no secret to, to be successful at any conference, any division. You've got to have those components that you just talked about. Gotta have the guys up front. You gotta have good offensive line. You gotta have a good defensive line that's athletic and can get to the football. You gotta have that receiver and that quarterback that can be accurate, which they are. It helps if you have a big tight end that can catch the ball like we do, and Adam Troutman, where well, they have the same thing. And then their special teams, again, fast, speed, a lot of speed on there. And then their punters and kicker, their punter is averaging 42 yards. He and Smitty are neck and neck when it comes to the average in the PFL there. So they're not anything uh, extraordinary. It's just the basic components of any team that wants to be a champion, and they have it. They have it.
1: We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, that matchup and that game coming up. But uh, as promised, we're going to learn more about our student athletes who are with us here tonight. Uh, and uh, we'll begin with Isaac Sexton, a defensive tackle from from Finley um, in uh, a chemical engineering major. We already learned that. So I'm not going to ask you what you're majoring in. But uh, tell us, uh, tell us
3: uh, what you hope to do with that chemical engineering majors, Isaac. Uh, Well, actually, earlier this semester, I accepted a job with Valero, Uh, so I'll be moving to Memphis, Tennessee, working in an oil refinery, uh, doing process controls work. Okay, process controls. Yes. What's that? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it it sounds a lot uh, more complex than it is, but, I mean, you think of, like, a thermostat, like in any kind of building that you're in, that's kind of a a basic form of process control, kicking on air conditioning conditioning when temperature goes too hot or – kicking on heating when temperature goes too low so it's, it's kind of applying those same principles to chemical processes and, and different kinds of uh unit operations you said earlier this hour that you
1: knew you wanted to study chemical engineering and you knew you wanted to play football that's what brought you to the university of dayton so when did the spark of chemical engineering
3: interest first uh, erupt in your life uh well it kind of starts with, with my father. My, my dad works for Marathon. Uh, he's, he's, so uh, you're going to be competitors now. Yes, yes, I, I guess so. Uh, but uh, are, are you, are you going to be allowed to even go home for Thanksgiving? I hope I mean. so. I, mean. I, hope, I hope so. Uh, we'll have to talk about that later. But, um, yeah, it kind of started at a young age. He, he got me interested in the topic. And then you kind of look at, at different majors that you could approach in college. And, and engineering is one of the best – uh, and, and actually, highest-paying uh, four-year degrees. So that that kind of led me down that road. But it's also I'm 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 a big numbers guy. I'm kind of a nerd. My my, my roommates always call me a nerd. But uh, I enjoy numbers. I enjoy doing math and all that stuff. So, right, kinda so led me down the road. so with road. that
1: chemical engineering major, what was what was the best class you took? The one that said, man, this this is why this
3: is why I took this. This is why I wanted to major in this. Um. You know, one of the first classes you take is called Material and Energy Balances. Um, it's kind of applying basis of uh, mass and energy balance to kind of black boxes, but it, it, it really gives like a high level overview of, of chemical processes. Um, and that, that kind of started me into kind of the kind of spearheaded everything to everything else in chemical engineering. Coach Chamberlain, and I's eyes just glazed over. <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs>
2: I just kind of started thinking back to my my uh, bowling class when I was at UD.
1: So, so okay. So that's at one end of the spectrum. But at the other end of the spectrum, there had to be a class. And, you know, I don't want you naming the professor, but there had to be a class you were sitting there and you were saying,
3: "Why am I here?" <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's some classes that make you think, like when you're taking organic chemistry or or some of the upper-level calculus classes you have to take. Some of those kind of make you wonder why you're doing it or if you're ever going to have to use that in real life. But uh, I guess those would be a couple. Okay. All right, when you are not
1: crunching numbers and being a nerd, when you're not in the weight room, the practice field, or or studying, what does Isaac Sexton do for fun?
3: Uh, one of the things that I, that I really enjoy doing, uh, but I don't have a lot of time for it, is to travel. Um, kind of During the summer, I tried to go. I, I was in the Memphis area, so I traveled to areas around there. I went to the Ozarks for a little bit. Um, but that's something that I enjoy doing. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's what I'd say.
1: All right, travel. Now you know a little bit more about Isaac Sexton. I would say if you were looking for a chemical n- engineer, get in touch with the uh, football office. But he's taken, okay? Okay. So uh, look for him to do great things at Valero here uh, once his football season is over. All right, Justin Karam, you, you, got the, you got a chance to study off of what I, how Isaac answered his questions, but we'll begin with you in what are you majoring in at the University of Dayton? Mechanical engineering. Mechanical engineering <laughs> with the thought of doing what? Haven't figured that out yet. Okay. Um, still trying to
4: figure that out. Doing uh, job search- searches right now for internships and co-ops over the summer kind of interested in construction and project management. So looking to pursue something like that.
1: What 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 drew you to the major initially?
4: Just kind of picked it. Um, I've always been good at math and science and like Isaac and kind of enjoyed math and just thought it'd be cool to build stuff. All right,
1: so um, with if you had a dream job, and like I say, you're just kind of starting to explore things, but if you had a dream job and you know what? We can suspend reality. All right. Dream job? What would it be? I think it'd be cool to own a construction company. Okay. Mm-hmm. I ran. I ran into a former Flyer player. when We were at Duquesne. Who's a uh, um, uh, Gary? Uh, oh, it's killing me now. Uh, nose Tackle, Kiso. Gary Kiso. 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 Gary Kiso. He's got, guy, guy. got an excavation company and do, yes. doing quite well. So yes, he is. All right, that, uh, that, that, that could, in fact, become a reality for you. So, when you're not uh, being nerdy with numbers and when you're not in the classroom, the weight room, the practice field, what's Justin Karam do for fun? I like to cook. You so like to
4: cook? My dad mm-hmm. owns a restaurant and a catering company,
1: so oh, okay. I grew up with that all my life. and. Kind of picked it up as I went along. All right, what's your specialty? I mean, okay, so if, if, if you're going to have some people over for dinner or maybe a special someone, do you want to impress, you know, you, what would what would you fix?
4: Probably steak and mashed – or uh, baked potato. <laughs> uh, my dad actually has this uh, special marinade that he uses, so I'd use that. Okay, all right.
2: You know, Larry, you, you – this is interesting. Remember last week, Kyle Butts. Yeah, what did what he does in his spare time? He likes, he to, likes grill. to
1: cook and grill, especially. Yes.
2: So we may have to have a cook-off here sometime. <laughs> All right, between Justin, <laughs> we'll, and be Kyle. We'll, we'll be, be judges. We'll be judges. Okay, that's right. That's what we'll do. <laughs> All right.
1: Oh, well, we know a lot more about the, about both uh, Isaac and uh, and, uh, and and Justin, and um, now we're going to get back to just talking about some football stuff. Is um, we talked about. Uh, San Diego in broad strokes, how they are year in, year out. This year in particular, Coach, what what is what is this San Diego team doing well? It
2: all centers around the quarterback, Anthony Lawrence. I mean, Anthony's was the PFL Offensive Player of the Year last season, and uh, like I said, it all starts with him on their offense. Uh, he directs everything. He makes plays happen. Uh, he extends plays. He's not a scrambler, but he just – he, he buys time with his feet, and he's got outstanding receivers to throw to. And defensively, they're just hard-nosed, athletic team. That, that They don't do a lot of different stuff. They really don't. They're not helter-skelter and blitz at you from all different angles. They just play their base defense and, and come at you.
1: This is uh, a, a logistically a different week because literally you got to go all the way out to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. On top of that, let's be honest – this Dayton team has not won on the road yet. One could say you are not traveling well. How do you address that?
2: Well, and and for the reason, I've always felt like we travel well, everything goes smooth from the time we leave campus until when the game starts, it seems. so. Hopefully we've overcome that now, and our guys are mature enough after being on the road for three games, and now is an opportunity to play against a very good opponent on the road, which would be a nice feather in our cap uh, to get that first road win against a team like uh, San Diego, but probably of all the travel issues, this is the hardest one to, uh,
1: to get accomplished. But an upside to that, I would have to say, maybe of all of the game day venues uh, that a Flyer football player could be a part of, is that game day venue in San Diego one of the better ones?
2: Yes, it it is, just the way the the bowl shape is and the crowds that they have. and It just seems like the the hitting is echoed better down there. It seems like the, the hits are harder and uh, I don't think we're playing any harder, but it's just the the sound effects and just the, the whole energy within that stadium. Because, uh, Larry, the San Diego people know also how big of a game it is against the Dayton Flyers. And the San Diego community knows that too. And so that's why it's usually one of their bigger crowds when the University of Dayton
1: comes into play. Then you throw in all the Flyer West Coast alums, alums. who come out. I mean, uh, it's, oh. it's some of the best game day atmospheres that, that uh, we see on, on year in, year out. All right, big week ahead because it's this week. Isaac Sexton, what are you going to do to be a better defensive
3: tackle and part of a better defense this week than you were even a week ago? Um, a lot of it starts in preparation with practice. Um, you, practice, you really need to be into it. You know, sometimes it, It's easy to kind of glaze over during some plays cause practice can be long. You go through a lot of plays, but really being in tuned uh, to your assignments that week, especially this week, you need to be even better than before um, and just being really relentless in the pursuit of the ball. Justin Carim, with a week that's disruptive, how do you
1: and your unit, as part of a unit, how do you prepare for Saturday.
4: Just by working the technique and getting better at everything that we've done well so far this year and just keep working it. Like Isaac said, preparation's key and it's a different week, but still need to have good practices this week. All right. Coach, your point of emphasis. Our point
2: of emphasis, Larry, is to really stay focused uh, throughout this week on on the key points of winning the football game. and. Uh, key points are going to be not allowing big plays and and being able to hold on to the ball no turnovers and win the special teams that's the formula we got to have and so those are the things that we're going to really
1: stress this week before we leave for san diego it's dating at san diego uh on saturday afternoon the flyers actually heading out there on thursday but it's a five o'clock kickoff date and time on Saturday. Mike Kelly and I will be there with a call beginning with our Bud Light pregame show Saturday at 4.30. Then we'll be back here next Monday to talk about it on another edition of the Rick Chamberlain Show. On behalf of our engineer producer tonight, Griff Goetz, our student-athlete guests, Isaac Sexton and Justin Caram, and of course the coach, Rick Chamberlain, I'm Larry Hanskin. Have a great week, everyone. Go Flyers!